football podcast called Live in the Stream comes to you each week. Streaming recommendations during NFL season, it's not just tongue and cheek. Quarterback, defense, tight end recommendations based on opposition matchups. Here are your podcast hosts, JJ Zacharyson and Danny Carter, Living the Stream. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of Living the Stream. I'm JJ Zacharyson, the late-round quarterback, and as always, I am joined by my lovely, lovely co-host, Denny Carter. Denny, what's going on, Mike? Uh, uh, JJ, that sounds an awful lot like your tilting voice. Is that Yeah, would that be, yeah, I'm just trying correct? to hide it. I'm trying to hide it. Whenever I tilt, I, I get that voice because I'm trying to show people that I'm very happy and joyful when I'm not. Yeah, you, you, you sound like an AM news anchor. They're right. You know, like 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 news on the twos. Yes, exactly. It, you know, they'll but they I, and I love those because they boil down like really complex stories to just a headline. Yes, you know? yes. They'll be they'll they'll be like South Korea, blah blah blah. And next story. And you're like, what, right. but wait, 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 what what about South Korea? Right. Anyway, it's very, very complex I, and they just say it in like two sentences. That went completely off the rails. Let's talk about your extreme oh week. Okay. All right. So I, I have a home league that I've been commissioned for. This is our 17th year. So it's been a really, I mean, it's a a league that's been around for a long time and I haven't won a fantasy championship in this league for about 10 years. It's been, Mm. it's been forever in this league. I've had dominant teams that just always find a way to to lose in the playoffs. Okay. Wow. I looked in my last four playoff appearances, which was either a span. I think it was a span of six years. I think I missed it twice. The playoffs in this league. This is also the league that I'm I'm I typically uh have the mo- the the worst time getting the guys that I want because my friends like to troll me. So like they bid me up. I got Lamar Jackson this year and they bid me up, they bid me up, but like I still got him cuz I I get drunk during this draft and I just have to get the guys. <laughs> so anyway, so I'm going into last night's game with Saquon Barkley and Miles Sanders and it's a half PPR league and I'm down by 21. According to ESPN, you know the win probability stuff that all these sites yeah. do. I'm a, a 77% favorite. I thought that was more of a 50-50 thing at that point, like where I was, just given the, the the weather forecast and given Saquon was projected to score more than way more than he had been historically playing as. Yeah. Uh, and so, obviously, I, I lost, which is why I'm tilting. But I'm sitting there, the one freaking drive where Philadelphia gets it together and they have an opportunity to run it in. They run it in with Boston Scott because Miles Sanders doesn't know how to hydrate himself. That's right. Miles Sanders is dehydrated and has cramps. And he has to go to the locker room. The one drive that Philadelphia gets it together. And then Miles Sanders, at the end of the game, has a chance to run it in. He gets stuffed. And then in overtime, he can just cut it to the outside and get around a cornerback. And he doesn't do it. He doesn't cut to the outside. It was the most... So I lost by like three and I looked back my last four playoff appearances, three of the four playoff appearances I've lost by a combined eight points. Okay. And then the nice. other one I lost by double digits, but it was because I don't know if you guys remember this. This is a while. It was like 2015. Emmanuel Sanders went off against the Steelers, like just mm-hmm. completely ballistic. I, I think it was like a 45 point outing for Emmanuel Sanders. And I lost because of the Emmanuel Sanders game. And then I would have won the championship that year. Had I won that, that it's going to happen again this year. 
I'm going to end up scoring more. I would have won the championship had I had Miles Sanders found the end zone. And I am tilting beyond belief. Mm, God, man, that is that, that the bad beats are everywhere right now. But that is especially bad because if I had those two running backs, I mean, if you have the two starting running backs on Monday Night Football, you expect 21, you know, half PPR points. Now, maybe it's your fault for not playing in a legitimate full PPR league. I mean, you know, I, look, I would love to be in a, in a full PPR league in this league. <laughs> but, yeah. That you're playing with cave people. Um, I, we actually have, JJ, we have a loyal listener, dare I say, friend of the show named Tom Craig, yeah. who can feel your pain in a in a very specific way. He he had a, a, a running thread on our LTS Facebook page. Everybody should join that. And I wanted to share it with the listeners because it's really um, a work of art yeah. in, in, in and of itself. I, I know people saw this on Twitter today, but I'm, I'm going to just start at the top. So Tom Craig says, I lost three of my four leagues tonight. Next post. One, because Saquon couldn't get, get one catch for an entire quarter. <laughs> Next post. One, because Jake Elliott missed a field goal and didn't get another chance. I, I want to take personal responsibility for that. Uh, Tom Craig continues. Uh, one, because I had to watch Boston F and Scott, this is for the kids, uh, score as uh, all my Miles Sanders points because Miles Sanders, as JJ reminded us, had a cramp. He had a cramp. You're a professional <laughs> NFL player and you don't know how to hydrate yourself. And then separate post, a cramp. Okay, new <laughs> post. <laughs> new post. <laughs> At at the start, <laughs> that really got me. By the way, Tom, uh, at the start, I was I was all Alshon Jeffrey is hurt. Saquon can score twelve points in PPR. Um, this, still going here, uh, and then I went all Russell Crowe from a beautiful mind on my wife, <laughs> because I think I'm within a point three point lead in the Boston Scott Effin League. I'm losing a little bit here, but 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 I can't do math because I'm tilted into the upside down. New new post. My life is over. New post. Melissa, my wife, exclaimed hallelujah in her joy that I had lost and the fantasy <laughs> season might be over. New post. Can I delete the ESPN fantasy app from my phone now? She asked rather brusquely. New post. Long story. New post. N now. No, of course not, because I can't tell if we're out of it or not. That's what Tom says. And finally, and I won't know until tomorrow because I can't f and add. I don't know about the, what's going on with the adding. I mean, usually the machine does that for right, you. Right. Um, I, I don't. I'm not. I'm not positive. But uh, uh, that was a that was a a great exchange. Like I said, I mean, this should be printed out, put on a wall, and sold for two hundred eighty thousand dollars at a uh, an art gallery. The only thing that gets me through tilts is that people tilt harder than I tilt. Like like the beat that I have. There's always a beat that's worse. Like the people who went out there last night and they needed 0.1 points from Alshon Jeffrey. Oh, could, oh. could you imagine? Could you imagine the feeling? No, honestly, I, there might be nothing worse in fantasy football than needing 0.1 and not, and not getting it. And, My God, and just not that getting is, it. That, that is a nightmare. I have to say, I love, I love the premature tilt this week in the Saints Niners game when Michael Thomas had like six points yeah. at halftime and people were like, oh great, the Saints are going to score 50 points and Michael Thomas is going to score six <laughs> right. points and he ends up with like 30. Yeah. I mean, relax, well, everybody. Well, Just One thing that yeah. I realized, the best decision I made was I started Bilal Powell over Christian Kirk in that league, okay? Christian oh. Kirk scored more points than Bilal Powell, but I added it up earlier today 
And if I would have started Christian Kirk over Bilal Powell, I would have lost by 0.4, which would have made it even that much worse, that whole experience even that much worse. So I uh, definitely feel feel better that I I ended up I, look I I look through my roster like I played like Zach Pascal over Christian Kirk and he did better like I made the right decisions like I think objectively I think the process was right it's just this is the way that that fantasy football goes sometimes the process will not keep you warm at night unfortunately it's true it's true but Denny let when you're tilting like this you need the process to keep you warm at oh night. you do. No, you do. I mean, you, they, that's what you mutter as you are in the fetal position in the bathroom. Right? Listen, I know, I know. Yeah. Anyway, uh, let's look at what happened last week from a streaming perspective. I mean, we're so deep in the season now that we can't even stream guys like Ryan uh, Tannehill, even though we've, we've yeah. brought him up plenty. This year, I, so we, we said it, I think, maybe in the past, maybe even last season. I think this year is like the official year that we need to sort of change up the way that we give, uh, especially quarterback streamers on this show. Uh, I think that we're going to have to go with an approach of like, here's a, a couple higher end guys. Here's some middle tier typical streamers and here's some like lower end streamers. Right. Because at this point, the way that ownership is and stuff, it's just all over the place. And it's really difficult to kind of uh, uh, mold it for your particular league. Yeah. And, and we can't talk about guys who are, right. you know, more than 50% owned and, that includes a lot of really good quarterback ma- matchups week in and week out. Right. I mean, we usually cap it at like 35-ish percent for a lot of these guys. So, like, it, it just makes it difficult to talk about them. Uh, but to recap from last week, Ryan Fitzpatrick loses Devontae Parker in the second quarter of that game, which was really, really tilting. I think that affected his overall performance. But he still had like 65 yards on the ground, so he had 14.3 yeah. fantasy points, which was great. Jacoby Brissett had 22.6 points. He came through without T.Y. Hilton. You were more bullish on that one than I was. Kyle Allen, 18.1 fantasy points last week, so he had a decent outing. And then Duck Hodges, uh, another deeper play. He had 13.48. At tight end, we had Mike Gesicki, who somehow only had 1.6 fantasy points despite Devontae Parker uh, being out. There's Tyler Higby. He came through with 18.6. We liked him. Jonu Smith. That was a good call too. He had eleven point eight yeah. fantasy or eleven point nine fantasy points. Uh, Caden Smith, not the greatest call. He had two point nine fantasy points. And then Ian Thomas as sort of the the throw in because uh, we didn't know exactly what was going on with Greg Olson at the time. Sixteen point seven points. Defense sucked last week. Yeah, it, you know, defense is a nightmare this time of year. Uh, the Houston Texans scored two. The New York Jets scored four. You know, I will say I, I'm not adding it to our spreadsheet, but I will say. Towards the end of the week, and I wish I would have added it to the Patreon page, I started to become more bullish on Arizona's defense. Uh, and I talked about it on my Facebook Live and stuff, and they actually outscored. I think they scored like eight fantasy points. Yeah, yeah. I thought about that as as well. But we did add we did add a few uh, late streamers to the Patreon page uh, last week. And and also, talking about Johnny Smith, I talked about that guy, Fersker. And I think Fersker also had a big game. Yeah, that's because everyone in Tennessee has big games now. Yeah, uh, Tannehill threw. Tannehill threw like uh, my my friend Chris Allen, a draft day consultants consultant. Uh, oh, did he catch a that, did he catch a touchdown too from Tannehill? He did. He actually went for thirty seven yards and a touchdown <laughs> for the Titans. I, I had him in in DFS. Uh, he he was telling me, and I don't have it pulled up right here, that that Tannehill may have set a record for the fewest passes with that many yards, however, whatever, whatever 300 and some yards. Yeah. I mean, had. it's not surprising. His yards per attempt was out of control. Like, yeah, it, it's just like out, like the way he's playing and it, it, I mean, 
for those of you who listen to the late round podcast, like a month and a half ago, I'm like sell Derrick Henry because of the way the things are going with, with the, the Titans offense and uh, the way his splits are in a negative game script. He's not used as much. I, I completely screwed up that recommendation because I didn't foresee Ryan Tannehill being Jesus. Being an absolute monster. Like he's un- Just, unbelievable. It's not even like Ryan Tannehill has been above. A- he's been one of the best quarterbacks in football. I mean that that offense is opened up. They they're doing whatever they want, and you know, I mean, Derrick Henry was doing fine when he was yeah. handcuffed to Mariota. Yeah, he was. You know? Yeah, he and, was fine. You know, it was one of those things where it's like, you know, uh, Deion Lewis is stealing snaps when there are negative game scripts, and that's happening more often because Marcus Mariota sucks. So there was a boomer bust sort of situation with Derrick yeah. Henry. Now it's only boom because Ryan Tannehill's so good. I mean, you give Henry like tons of positive script, and it's over, man. Jeez. Craziness. All right, let's move on to week 15. I'll kick things off with the defense. I think this is my favorite defense of the week, personally. The Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, They're facing Drew Locke. Uh, I know that you look at last week, we streamed a defense against Drew Locke, who was at home, and they were big favorites, and we had egg all over our face. But I would say (laughs) that this... uh, I I would push that aside, because defenses can often just play poorly in a game. Um, I'd push it aside because our sample size is still pretty small. Not only that, Drew Locke wasn't like extraordinarily amazing in his first game against the Chargers. Kansas City plays much better at home than on the road. They're huge, huge favorites playing at home. Um, I just think they check all the boxes, right? At home, mm-hmm. huge favorites, inexperienced quarterback. Uh, just given this time of year and how people have been stashing defenses, I think that they're the best one that's likely available on your waiver wire this week. Yeah, I like them a lot. My uh, second favorite defense of the week is the Tampa Bay defense. Now, process-wise, we don't love road defenses, but we have to uh, work with what we have here. And uh, Tampa is at Detroit. The Bucks are three-and-a-half-point road favorites here. Uh, we saw what happens last week with when David Blau—I always want to say blog— <laughs> when, when David Blau faces lots of negative game script, as he did against the Vikings, he threw— Two interceptions, two interceptions last, last week against the Vikings. They ended up with 10 fantasy points. That is the Minnesota defense. Uh, Blau, through two starts, is completing 59% of his passes and has three interceptions uh, in those two uh, two games. So, Or did he throw two interceptions on Thanksgiving? Now I'm, now I'm wondering. Now I'm questioning myself whether I counted that right. I can't um, remember. Anyway. I thought he. I thought I said. I, th- I thought I saw he had three through two games. So you know the the hope here is that even the Tampa secondary can take advantage of a guy completing you know less than sixty percent of his passes, who will probably face a fair amount of pass heavy uh, negative script. Yeah, he threw one on Thanksgiving. I thought it was only one. Okay. Um, okay. Yeah, and the other thing too, Marvin Jones is now on IR. Okay, yes, right. So they're exactly. they're gonna be running legit scrubs outside of, of Kenny Galladay. So they can just okay. quadruple team Babytron and let Bo Scarborough be a be a be be <laughs> as as we I've talked to to Rich Rebar about this a bit, but his his comp was very Benny Snell is basically Pittsburgh's Bo Scarborough. Oh man. Yeah, that that uh, triggered me a little bit after writing up Benny Snell last week. Yeah. Uh, all right, I'm going to actually stay with that same game and say that Detroit is viable. Um, I know that they're <laughs> underdogs in this game. At first, I thought they were favorites, and then I realized they were underdogs. Um, but they're underdogs in this game. Look, if you look at Tampa Bay this season, 
uh, they're allowing e- even a healthy Tampa Bay defense. They're allowing 2.6 points fantasy points above expectation to opposing defenses. So they're a plus matchup, even if they're fully healthy. But now you take out Mike Evans out of that offense. Jameis Winston has a, a messed up thumb. Uh, Darius Slay could easily shadow Chris Godwin, which would mean we're relying on Brashad Perriman, uh, you know, Justin Watson and uh, Scotty Miller to, mm-hmm. to be able to to do work in this for this offense because we know the running game isn't anything special. Um, so I, I, I think that Detroit is in play. I, I would just kind of group them together with Tampa Bay and just kind of go who your favorite is. If, if you want to go by the process, I'd say the process probably says Tampa Bay just because they're favorites. Um, I think that's probably logical, but I do think Detroit is, is pretty close uh, as a streamer this week. Yeah. I think my least favorite streamer of the week, and of course I say this, they're probably going to score 27 points, is Oakland at home against the Jaguars. Uh, the Raiders have won five times at home this season. In those games, their defense has scored five, eight, six, thirteen, and eighteen fantasy points. That was me, of course, reading my locker combination from senior year. Um, the, Ra- the Raiders are uh, five and a half point home favorites here. Jacksonville is allowing the third most schedule adjusted points to defenses. That's a little. That might be a little bit misleading because that includes the Nick Foles debacle. Uh, was it last week? It feels yeah. like six years. It does ago. feel like six years ago. Yeah. 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 So, uh, so that that doesn't. And, and obviously Minshew is at the helm now, as the Zoomers are saying. So um, Oakland is available almost everywhere. But yeah, I think I prefer Tampa, and definitely prefer KC. Yeah, KC I think is the top one this week. Uh, all right, moving on to quarterback. How about you kick things off because you have three and I have two. Yes, at quarterback. All right, we'll stick with that Oakland game. We have the guy going against that Oakland defense, Gardner Minshew, the fifth Esquire at Oakland. Jags are, like I said, five and a half point dogs. Uh, they have an implied total of 20, which is not great, but we're nevertheless, we will we will go with Minshew if we're desperate. The Raiders uh, now give up the third most schedule adjusted points to quarterbacks after allowing 33 fantasy points to Ryan Tannehill, our new god. And, uh, and then two weeks before that, uh, giving up 32 points to Sam Darnold. It just feels like a fever dream at that at this point. Yeah, uh, Sam 71... Darnold knows all about fevers. Yeah, <laughs> he does, and ghosts. And ghosts. Uh, so 71% of the yardage gained against Oakland this season has come via the pass, and 66% of touchdowns scored against Oakland uh, have come have been passing scores. Minshew sucked last week, according to my notes, 162 yards and a touchdown. But the whole team was garbage. Let's just be honest. I mean, how how is a quarterback going to thrive in that uh, just total you know, disaster of a game? Um, one, one thing about Minshew, I think that might get lost in the fact that the Jags are now just abysmal, is he has 28 rushing attempts over his past four starts. It, you know, so there might be some some Konami appeal there. He's out there in 85% of leagues. Uh, I'm going to go with Ryan Fitzpatrick. I think that there's a little bit of concern if Devontae Parker can't go, but the Giants also are, are horrific. I mean, Carson Wentz did what he did last night with only tight ends uh, against, against the Giants. Uh, the Giants have now allowed three points above expectation per game to opposing quarterbacks. Uh, there's a decent over-under in this game as well. I think it's 46 and a half. Uh, and really, Ryan Fitzpatrick, as we saw last week with his rushing ability, he's been a really high floor fantasy asset uh, since becoming starter again for for Miami. 
So I, I think you're looking at a scenario where it's probably a, a decent floor play. I would uh, question the ceiling if Parker isn't able to go. But if Parker can go and if he's fine, uh, I think Ryan Fitzpatrick is is a really strong play, and I'd probably play him over uh, any of the quarterbacks that we're talking about today. I honestly cannot believe that Carson Wentz ended up with 20 fantasy points Unbelievable. on Monday night. Yeah, un- unreal. There were there, there were leagues that I'm in where things shifted dramatically just because of that game. I, I mean, I was playing him in one, and I ended up winning, but I stopped watching my scoreboard because I was like, oh, okay, so this is going to be like a five-point game from him. He had 20. Um, so anyway, the, the short, the short story there is that the giants are bad. That's right. Uh, my next quarterback is Jacoby Brissett at new Orleans. Now process wise, this doesn't quite pass the smell test, but we're going to go with it. Brissett has done okay. in negative game script lately. He threw for 251 yards and two touchdowns last week as the Colts chased Tampa Bay. The Colts are eight point road underdogs here against the saints uh, New Orleans opponents are averaging almost 38 pass attempts per game. So Brissett might have, you know, volume on his side for whatever that's worth. 72% of the yards gained against New Orleans this year have come through the air. Only four teams have a higher rate than that. And, and quarterbacks have scored at least 19 fantasy points in six of the past seven weeks against the Saints, which I thought was something. It wasn't nothing, that's for sure. Uh, he's available in 64% of leagues. I, I can't believe he's not more available, but that's what it is. Uh, I like Mitch Trubisky this week uh, a, a decent bit, um, at least more than where I think people are going to end up ranking him. Over the last five weeks, Denny, Mitch Trubisky's a top five fantasy quarterback. What? If you look at it from, a, I think it's a minus one interception scoring. We We actually do our scoring with minus two. But if you look at it from minus one, he's he's the number five quarterback in fantasy. Sweet. Which is crazy. I, I prefer no negative points, by the way. Yeah, I just want only, yeah, just give me, give, like, so I sent a tweet that had the top five quarterbacks over the last five weeks. It was Lamar Jackson, Ryan Tannehill, Jameis Winston, Josh Allen, and Ryan, and uh, Mitch Trubisky. Those were the five. And and people would, were quote tweet. I mean, it, it was a very popular yeah. tweet. And people were, were quote tweeting it. And they're like, this is why fantasy football is dumb and blah, blah. This is why fantasy football is awesome because people it's think fun. that real quarterback play is associated to how they're going to play in fantasy football. And that gives you an edge. It absolutely does. I actually, on the tilt montage that the people will listen to after this podcast, I have a, an extended rant about how much I love that fact, how much I love garbage time in particular. Yeah. Yeah. So Mitch Trubisky, he, he's become less of a game manager. They've they sort of let him just be his D-gaffy self, which has been awesome because over the last three games, he's averaging seven rushes per game. Uh, he has two rushing touchdowns over that time. He has 28 rushing yards. Uh, so there's some upside there from him. I just worry this game has a, low, a lower over-under than I thought it was going to have. I think it's at like 41 or 41 and a half. Uh, that's a little bit scary. Um, and it's a divisional game as well. And the last time we saw these teams, it was a low scoring game. So I think there's enough to, you know, push you off Trubisky and say, I'm going to play Ryan Fitzpatrick instead, but there's enough mm-hmm. upside. If, you know, if you're really, really desperate and you're in a league where people are hoarding quarterbacks or in a two quarterback league, I'm in the playoffs in a two quarterback two. I have Trubisky in two super flex leagues where I'm in the semis right now. And I might have to play, I'm going to have to play them in at least one of them. Um, and I think that's okay. Uh, I don't think that this matchup is horrific. Um, just given the fact that that what Trubisky has done over the last five weeks is is anything but hateful. Well, I think 
everything changes when he stops trying to be just a regular traditional quarterback. Yeah, they need they need to let him just do him and just let him be be wild and crazy. Yeah. They let him do that last year when they turned their season around last year offensively. It was again it was that Tampa Bay game last season, right? And and right. they kind of let Tariq Cohen do his thing. And they let Mitch Trubisky just air it out and just take chances and make and take risks. And that's exactly what they need to do because he plays scared otherwise. He does. Yes. When they try to make him Alex Smith, it's a disaster. Right. Um, and 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 he's, he's also an incredible runner. Like, let, let him get out of the pocket. Anyway. Yeah. Drives me nuts. All right. So for Eli Manning, which is our final streamer. And I think probably our, our our least appealing streamer, but let me know if you... I'm I'm starting to to buy into Eli more. Yeah. Because Miami yeah. is decimated in the secondary. They are, and th- that's why I I first I first had this in my notes, and and only this. Eli's playing the Dolphins. You could do worse. That's it. Yeah. I went on to say, I went on to say, uh, Miami gives up almost 22 schedule adjusted points to quarterbacks, and the Giants have an implied total. Of 25 and a half points. When is the last time we saw the Giants with that big of an applied total? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I, I honestly think that Eli is not in a bad spot at all. I, I might put Eli only behind Ryan Fitzpatrick. Yeah, okay, okay. So, okay, you're more bullish than I am. So, uh, uh, 11 of 13, 11 of 13 quarterbacks to face Miami this year have thrown multiple touchdowns which is something. And uh, yeah, yeah. You know what? As I talk about it and as, uh, as I hear you try to convince me otherwise, I think, you know, I think Eli is not a hateful option. I was, let's put it this way. I was devastated not to get him in my only super flex league. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I think that he's, he's in play. I actually, now that I'm thinking about it, I picked him up in that super flex league where I have Trubisky and I might have to make a decision, a, 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 a tough decision. Yeah. Later this week. Yeah. That, so yeah, between the secondary injuries for for the Dolphins and that that implied total twenty five and a half. I yeah, mean, that's something. no, I, I agree, I agree. Um, all right, moving on to tight end. Uh, I think that if Greg Olson is out, Ian Thomas might be my favorite tight end this week. Uh, this past week, he ran forty three routes for Carolina, which is an insane amount. Like Ian Thomas has stepped in over the last two years and just been better than Greg Olson. Like he, he's 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 just better. He's more athletic. He's younger. All yeah. of that. I mean, Greg Olson's a lot more reliable, but even still, he ran 43 routes last week. He obviously, uh, he was good from a fantasy perspective, um, but Seattle, so everyone talks about Arizona and how bad they are against tight ends. So they've given up six and a half points above expectation to opposing t- team tight ends. Okay. So a team walking into Arizona would be expected to score a tight end. Their tight ends would be expected to score six and a half more points than they typically score. Seattle is at 5.6. Wow, that's actually the 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 difference between uh, Arizona to Seattle is a lot smaller than Seattle to the next team, which is Oakland. Uh, Seattle's been really really bad against the tight end position, uh, and in this spot, uh, I mean, you're you're looking at a scenario. You know, the one fear I think with this game in general is that uh, Seattle just runs 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 because they should be able to, and we know that they sure. want to, and we might not see as much volume as we want on both sides of the ball through the air. Um, but I still think Ian Thomas is in a really, really good spot if Greg Olson doesn't go. Yeah, I never really understood why he like he is a bench warmer when Olson is healthy. But I don't know. I mean, I'm assuming that it's a lot of stuff that's not like pass catching related and all that. But yeah, yeah. Uh, when, when the analytics hit in Carolina, maybe he'll have a role. Yeah, that's there. right. That's right. Uh, so Tyler Higby is still available on 
I believe almost 80% of leagues. Yeah, yeah, uh, 78% of leagues. Uh, despite, you know, I mean, having a prime matchup last week after going against the Cardinals and, and going nuts against them. Uh, as JJ said before the show, he's had matchups against the Cardinals and the Seahawks, the two best matchups that you, you could ever dream of for a tight end. And this week's matchup against Dallas is not horrible. Yeah. Uh, I, I didn't really think much of it until I looked at the numbers. So Higby ran 26 routes last week in the uh, win against the Seabags. This is a, a surprisingly good matchup against Dallas as only five teams have given up more tight end receptions than the Cowboys. Uh, the Cowboys allow 13.1 scheduled adjusted points to tight ends. 22.5% of receiving yardage against Dallas has come via the tight end. That's the fifth highest mark in the NFL. Um, even the little-used, virtually unknown tight ends for Chicago saw a combined seven targets against Dallas last week. Uh, Tyler Higby is... Oh, yeah, I, I mentioned about his ownership percentage. The Rams have a 24-point implied total, and this doesn't really affect Higby too much, but it's changed by one and a half points. It's gone up by yeah. one and a half points. Uh, do, do you know why? I, I just think that it opened up really low. I think it, yeah, it ended it, up, I think it opened up at like 46 and a half and now it's at 49 and a half. Yeah. So they, there's jump by, by a point and a half, which is not insignificant. Uh, but I, you know, I, I see Higby as like a plug and play. Yeah. I think Higby's a really strong option. Uh, I would, I would put him, I mean, you, I think him and Ian Thomas are, are just like a, a tier, a tier in their, in a tier of their own. Yeah. That's what I really meant to say. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to mention David and Joku. Um, I think that you have to, I wrote in my 15 transactions column, you got to have a lot of guts. You got to have big kahunas. If you, if you're going to play <laughs> David and Joku this week, you're really going off of reports and hoping that he plays more than he did last week, because last week he only ran nine routes, um, which is not a lot at all. Didn't really play that much. Um, but as I just talked about with Ian Thomas, Arizona has been the worst team at defending tight ends this year. They're giving up six and a half points above expectation. We know it's a good matchup. I just, there, there's a lot that you have to trust and have faith in, in order to play David and Joku, he would be like a great ad, you know, in the middle of the season, just to see what happens and, and all that. But um, since it's towards the end of the season, if you don't want to drop someone for Joku, or if you have like a, a safer option, like Jacob Hollister or something like that, where you know that he's going to see volume, I would, I would probably go that way, but we do know that there is a ceiling anytime a tight end is playing Arizona. Right. It, does this mean it's RSJ season? I mean, probably not. Yeah, probably not. Um, last last one I have is Noah Fant at KC. Now, this is a little bit iffy because we saw that Fant was carted to the locker room last week with some sort of foot injury. I think that the team is, is hinting that he may play this week against Kansas City, but I think that that's still very much in question. So what I'm about to talk about definitely applies to the tight end two in Denver, who is Jeff Hireman. Yeah, uh, who, who we've streamed right. historically. We have. We, we we did that last year, I think, successfully. We were going to go with Jake Butt, but Jake Butt blew out his knee and practiced like one hour after we did the show. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> so anyway, this applies to Hireman, and I really uh, – would be pretty bullish on Hireman if Fant is a no-go. So Hireman caught a touchdown last week, by the way, in Fant's absence. No team allows more receptions to tight ends than the Chiefs. That includes the Cardinals and includes the Seahawks. Kind of amazed by that. Yeah. 
only four teams have given up more yardage to tight ends than the Chiefs. Uh, 28.6% of targets against KC have gone to tight ends. That's the highest mark in the entire league. Uh, Kansas City doesn't appear uh, to be that great of a tight end matchup because they've only allowed one touchdown to tight ends this year. And of course, naturally, JJ, that went to Derek Carrier. Of course. Of course. Man. Yeah. They're, they're a really good matchup. That was poetry. I, 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 <laughs> thank you. Uh, but uh, yeah, Fant, Fant's a great play. But if he if he doesn't go, uh, don't dismiss Hireman. Uh, I'm just going to quickly mention Josh Hill uh, because if Jared Cook doesn't go, Hill ended up playing. Uh, he ran 30 routes last week, so he would be in play um, on Monday night. So to recap, Noah Fant, Tyler Higby, David Njoku, Ian Thomas, Josh Hill, uh, Gardner Minshew, Eli Manning, Jacoby Brissett, Mitch Trubisky, Ryan Fitzpatrick, Tampa Bay, Oakland, Detroit, and Kansas City. All right, Denny. Got some questions on Twitter. This first one's from at CDCarter13. What can we do about Mike Evans' hamstring? <laughs> I, 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 didn't receive a, I didn't receive a reply, so I, I, I don't know. It actually is like uh, devastating to um, to my teams. But also, really, I, it sucks for Evans because Evans was having a great year. Yeah, he was he was strong. He was strong. I, I don't care much because I don't have any – my Mike Evans teams are dead, but I can understand why you would care if you have Mike Evans. Yeah, I, I care very much. Yes. Uh, this next question is from at ask underscore the underscore horse underscore. I know this is a question about football, but could you discuss why you like the Pats D over the oh, – this was actually last week's. My bad. Forget that question, guys. Sorry, ask the horse. Um – I don't know. Would you play the Pats defense last week over one of the defenses this week, Denny? Mm, that's a metaphysical question. Yeah. Let me think about yeah. it. Uh, next question. At Michael Scullin one. Why are there people who are actually mad at, at mad that New England got screwed by the refs? <laughs> it seems to me that over the past 20 years, a lot of calls have gone New England's way. So, you know, one time. I just I I think it's so funny when they're when fans fight about what they can and can't be mad about and what they can yeah. and can't be like New England fans were mad at that game like you know within the the context of that game of course that they should be mad at things that happened and and all that uh but then you know the context of the last two decades like come on we we don't need to be mad because we've won a lot of championships and all that Katie Nolan had a really good tweet though it was like it was like, yeah, we won a lot. That has nothing to do, you know, just because we won doesn't mean that I'm like, oh, okay, don't worry about it. We won 17,000 Super Bowls over the last two decades, so I'm just not going to care about this right now. Well, I, no, I, no, no. I, I just, I think that you, you need to be, you know, ready to get over it a little, a little faster if you're a Patriots fan rather than say like a Chargers fan. Yeah, well, to something. be fair, this was, this was like mid-game while it was still going on. This wasn't like, a day later where like things yeah. you were able to I mean, kind of digest everything. And yeah, I guess, I guess, I mean, I'm not saying you can't, you can't care. Um, but I, I actually think that the fact that the Patriots lost on a couple bad calls uh, in, in, in a way exposes the anxiety of the fans about the fact that their team kind of sucks. Yeah. I mean, I, that's, this is true. You know, what's hilarious. Like, One of my favorite tweets that I sent this year only because of the responses was when I said it's it's 
uh, Patrick Mahomes, it's Russell Wilson, and then it's the rest of the league. This was in like week three, which clearly I forgot to mention Lamar Jackson and Deshaun Watson. Those those four guys, I think, are the four best quarterbacks in the league. But And Ryan Tannehill, of course. But when I sent that tweet, so many people responded talking about Tom Brady yeah, as being please. one of the best quarterbacks in the league. Like, Tom Brady sucks right now. He's just the, just terrible. He is not good right now. It's inc- it's incredible and like reading back at the tweet I I I was trolling them a little bit and I would be I someone said Tom Brady and I was like Tom Brady uh, would love to be Russell Wilson right now I said oh boy and so people were like oh. oh yeah Tom Brady would love to have one Super Bowl ring instead of six and just like you know right. going off on it but yeah and that, that's a good comparison because Brady's fifty eight years old and 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 Wilson still has ten years left in the league yeah right right exactly. Um, but yeah, so like, like the, the Patriots, I I didn't hate watching the Patriots get screwed. I'm now just loving sitting back and watching people react to the, to the, uh, filming of the sideline, uh, and Cincinnati stuff, because it's come out now that they were like specifically filming the Bengals sideline. It it was not like, you know, uh, they were filming like the scout thing that they were talking about, like for social media or for their website or whatever that whatever that they were actually filming the sideline stuff you know to me i think teams should be able to do whatever they want they should be able to to hire someone to uh infiltrate a team and and be and and try to try to get a job with every single team in the league and have spies wow wow so you 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 are all in on just no rules no why why is it if you put rules people are just gonna break them just let just just let it go let them go. Let them go. Do whatever they yeah. want and see what happens that way. Well, I, I should say that New England uh, taping, filming an opponent, is you know way way less concerning than the fact that they they set up a shell corporation to get around Tom Brady's contract like ten years ago, <laughs> and that's how they that's how they've maintained such a great team over this over this amazing run, and it's literally the only reason they've maintained a good team. Uh, that that to me uh, is is the is, is the bigger deal. Um, but, but, uh, yeah, I'm, I listen, I'll, I'll push any conspiracy theory about the Patriots. You know me Look in the XFL, they should have spies is what I'm saying. Oh yeah. 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 That, there you go. Let's, let's do a trial run in the XFL. Right. That would be great. Uh, next question at Eric Belair. Can we steal Booger's nickname for Saquon quadzilla and use it for the undisputed LTS leg wrestling champion, JJ Zacharyson? Look, Denny, you need to get over the fact that you would beat me in a leg wrestling contest. So I had a picture. I posted a picture of me at a Christmas party the other day. And I admit that my legs looked particularly stick-like. <laughs> I, I don't I don't know what to say. I, they, they, but they don't really. Like, like Melissa was laughing. And she was like, your legs look so small. Uh, but and 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 so no wonder everybody thinks JJ would kick your ass in le- in leg wrestling. But but uh, um, but they're really I, they're they're not they're not particularly small. My 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 butt is still big. I st- I think I can hang with you. I mean, I, I I definitely wouldn't win in a landslide. I think I can hang with you. you. So so now it's gone from you would win to now you can just hang with me. Yeah, I mean I'm starting I'm starting to kind of check myself. Okay, all right, that's good. That's good. Uh, next question is from our buddy Jason Brown. It's from at number one Punna. Did you guys participate in Whamageddon? 
I got knocked out on day seven. I'm sure Denny lost on day one. So I, I clicked the link. Whamageddon is you avoid the song Last Christmas by Wham for oh. from December 1st until you have to try to make it to Christmas. You can listen to remixes, but once you... Re- this is what I... I, I quickly glance this website. Uh, but once you recognize that you're listening to the song, you lose. That's a weird contest, first of all. But I, I but the problem is, I, actually, go ahead because I know that you're gonna you're gonna probably well, yeah, say, why, say the same thing as me. Why would you do that to yourself? That's a great song. That's what I'm saying. That's one of the best Christmas songs, and you're avoiding that song during the one time of year where you should and can listen to that song. You're owning yourself to own the libs. I mean, what what is <laughs> what? Very lib owning. Here's 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 what you do. You make a, that exact contest. With that wretched Paul McCartney, uh, no, song. that that song's Christmas that song's song. great. Oh, what? Oh, wonderful Christmas time. JJ, it sounds like he's literally just poking at his keyboard. For, <laughs> yeah, for five that's minutes. why it's so great. No, okay, the I, worst. I, no, I the, saying, the one song that everyone should do it for is that stupid hippopotamus song. Oh, oh, oh my God! Oh my God! Yes, <laughs> right. Yeah, I think I we mean, can all agree on that. Yeah, throw me off a building, honestly, <laughs> if, when that comes on. But the the, the Paul McCartney song. Is is it wings? Is that is that who it is? What anyway? The the uh, I like it when I'm at a party, and it comes on because it's a party song. Yeah. Uh, but 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 when I'm in the car, you know, with a family, and it comes on, I mean, that's the most irritating shit ever. Sorry to the kids. Man, I didn't know that you felt. Maybe I did. I think we might have talked about talked about this before, but I, I like I like that song. Next question at FF Take Machine. Where are you ranking Josh Jack Bobs this week? Did you see earlier this week I sent a tweet out and I said I was about Josh Jacobs and I spelled his last name J A C B O B S. Jack Bobs. Jack Bobs. Twitter lit me up and then I just I just kind of left it there. Didn't didn't want to delete and make a new one because it's way better to let people get angry about it. Wait a second. Are you saying that Twitter didn't let you slide on a mistake? That's true. That's true. I know it's hard to believe. But it's Jack true. Bob's. I I have ranked as an RB three this week. Um, <laughs> can I do Facebook questions? Yeah, please. For the folks, uh, actually, uh, go ahead with one more Twitter question. I'm going to pull them up now. Okay. At Troy likes stuff. I stayed up late. I I stayed up late last night watching Giants Eagles, making sure Caden Smith caught a pass and then didn't fumble. What's the biggest waste of time that you've been, you've been involved with in fantasy? Probably playing fantasy football. Oh yeah, de- definitely. I. I once stayed up to make sure Deshaun Jackson didn't catch a long touchdown on Sunday Night Football, and then guess what, JJ? He caught a long touchdown, and I lost. Does it seem like game. I think it's like a a uh, some sort of bias, but it feels like when I need something to happen during a primetime game, there is a ninety percent chance it doesn't go my way. I'd say there, there, it's it's more likely going in the opposite direction in, in prime time. There's a, the only instance is the one that I shared earlier this year where I beat my dad because Matt Burrito went off in that one game. He had like two touchdowns the first five minutes of the game, but I feel like it never goes my way when it's in prime time. Yeah, that's it. That's one hundred percent negativity bias. Yeah, one hundred percent. Yeah. All right. So Facebook questions on the LTS Facebook page. Bethany Peters, friend of the show, says. This is important. What's more important, uh, that your kids believe in Santa or that they believe running backs don't matter? Wow. Definitely the latter. I mean, I I, I can't say RBs don't matter to my son because in flag football, 
Running backs is literally the only thing that that's matters. true. That's true. <laughs> I can't I can't get around <laughs> that. It could you know we you can't move the ball through the air. So um, yeah, you have to you have to run it. Um, wh- how old? I want to ask you, JJ. How old were you when you were told that Santa was not in fact real? Sorry to the kids, by the way. Who are yeah, that's true. Um, I would. I, I'm a pretty naive person in general. Um, same. Same. So I think I was probably in like fifth grade. That's <laughs> that's all. I'm pretty sure I was in like fifth grade. I, you know what? I saw people maybe fourth grade. I saw people, some dads tweeting about this uh, on Twitter because they tweeted, and uh, they were saying that they had middle schoolers who still believed in Santa, which to me, like, uh, at what point it, do you do you have to have the conversation with your kid? Um, yeah. and say something, but yeah, I remember, I, I think it was actually fourth grade because I'm, I distinctly remember being at recess and this mm-hmm. one kid literally laughing at me because I believed in Santa still. Right. Yeah. Well, you, you have, you see, you have the kid whose life is ruined when he's like, when they're like three years old, four years old and they're told Santa's not real. And then they go ahead and ruin it for other, other kids right. too. Um, I think it depends on the nature of the kid. If, if, if I think, so my son is a lot, a lot more practical than I was at that age. Yeah. So he's probably going to start asking soon. He's six. I'm guessing this is probably it for, for him, for, you know, for Santa purposes. Um, I, I would distinctly recall being six or seven and refusing to believe that he wasn't real. I, I, I justify it by saying Santa is like a spirit. Yeah. Right. You know, rather than a real person, because obviously physically it's impossible to do what people say he does go around the world in one night. So he must be a spirit. So I tried to kind of ease myself down from the yeah. from the Sansa myth. I, I remember that distinctly. All right. Uh, two more questions from Facebook. One from friend of the show, Armando Guzman. Uh, would gifting my grandmother a copy of 69 Ways to Own the Libs <laughs> be, be a good way to start my my Christmas dinner party? It would. It absolutely would. I would love to see that if you can get that on camera or something. Um, and then uh, finally, oh, Chris Moore has a good question. Chris Moore says, when blocking your opponent uh, from good plays, how far is too far? Given my waiver system, I could block a- an inattentive opponent from up to three players per week per roster spot I'm willing to use for this strategy. He gives a long example that I don't think we have time for right now. Do it really long. No, I mean, yeah? I mean, do it from the from the standpoint of blocking. Don't you don't need to read it. But yeah, do it exactly. Block. Yeah, I I, I really don't think that for me there are no limits on, uh, you know, the ethics of blocking. If it's if it's legal, you can do it. Yeah. No, I, I agree with you. I agree with you. And 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 it's again, it's a game. It is a game. This is part of trying to win the game and like Herm Edwards, we play to win the game. I'm going to go back to Twitter. All right. Next question at Diego 24 FPS. If you were given the chance to pick one word for an NFL quarterback to say as his audible signal, what would it be? One word. What, what, one word for an audible signal. Yeah. You know, like, uh, like Omaha. Uh, Epstein. Epstein. <laughs> Epstein would be good. Epstein. My mind, I'm, I'm like a seven-year-old. My mind automatically just goes to like penis or something. 
<laughs> like, like, how would defenders react if you were just like, penis, penis? Wow, wow. Uh, uh, the other one I had in mind was a uh, uh, quarterback standing up and saying, Karl Marx, Karl Marx. <laughs> so you just go with the names. Yeah. Yeah, I got you. Uh, next question, at Weepy Carter 13 what are some nearly universal cultural experiences that you've missed out on? For example, I've never been to a Disney theme park nor seen Christmas Vacation. Why, yeah, you haven't been, you haven't seen Christmas Vacation. Yeah, at least that's something that you can easily, easily do. I mean, going, I understand not being able to go to a Disney theme park, but watching Christmas Vacation is not a difficult thing to do. And you can go ahead and watch it. I mean, I can't get you to a, a theme park, but I, I, I can help you watch. Um, I mean, do we, do you need a, a GoFundMe to buy the DVD? I mean, what, what do you, what, what do you need? Tell me what you need listener because you need to see National Lampoon's uh, Christmas Vacation. Yeah. Great, great movie. Mine would be, I, I haven't been to like, like the Grand Canyon before. Yeah, I, I haven't. I haven't been anywhere. So I, you know, that's, that's, I haven't been out of Maryland since uh, 1999. <laughs> um <laughs> What's one thing I've missed out on? Well, I mean, I don't, I literally know nothing about Harry Potter. Does that? Oh, actually, that's a good one too. I don't, I, I, I only know some because I've like seen some movies and stuff, but not, not even like, I, I, I've seen them, but I haven't like taken them in to the point of like remembering what the hell happened. I've never seen a movie. I've never read any of the books. I don't care about them at all. I, I'm almost turned off by the whole thing. I, I just, uh, yeah, so that's that is a cultural thing that I am completely out of touch with. Yeah, no, that's a really really good answer actually. Um, all right, next question at Didymus. My partner and I got into a heated discussion about when middle age begins. She claims forty five, and I said thirty five. In hindsight, I think I said thirty five because that's the age to be president and hashtag freedom. But who's right? <laughs> Look, if it's thirty five, I'm I'm feeling I'm feeling weak right now. Yeah, no, it's not thirty-five. It, it, you know why? Because this is nine. This is not nineteen seventy-six. <laughs> what would you? Um, I, I would say. I would say like forty to forty-five. It's it's forty. Yeah. Forty is the number that always I feel like is the because that's when people start talking about like midlife crisis and stuff like that. Yeah, I mean, when when you hear old songs like uh, you know songs from like the forties, fifties, even the sixties, and they reference like how much longer they have to live and they you basically end up with like a number in the 60s or like up to 70 you know thinking about that in today's terms you're like damn like you don't have much expectation for how long your life's going to be but that's because it's changed a lot over the past 50 years yeah true i'm I'm breaking news on on this on this fantasy football podcast Life expectancy is higher than it was 50 years ago, folks. Yeah, to me, it's just life expectancy divided by two. That, that's that's, that's the answer to this question. That is that is as simple as it can get. Yeah. This next question is from at Sad Melander. Now that I'm done with fantasy for the year, how will you keep entertaining me? Also, are you still mad at me for pointing out the with his legs phenomenon? Yes. Is that? Yeah. Yes, I'm still I'm still angry at you for that, Ian. Um, I don't know, but like, I, I feel like you can still be entertained about fantasy football, even though if you're not playing fantasy football, that's right. And also on our good and decent Patreon page, I will continue to have twice weekly podcasts. And during the off season, I mean, when we get further into the off season, I'll start talking about best ball and everything. But I, you know, I just talk about 
uh, nonsense that we talk about on the show, uh, in on the podcast. So if you really are starving for content, uh, I can provide that for you on the Patreon. And I'll be freed up too once once the season's over to do more. We'll do more like stupid shows. Oh yeah, well we can definitely we we do at least one during the off season, but maybe we can make that a monthly thing. Yeah. Uh, Diddy Must has another question. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle question here. At your current age, how many slices of pizza could you eat, and how does that compare to when you were a teenager? It makes me think of Papa John. <laughs> yeah, it does. I've had over forty pizzas in the last thirty days. <laughs> That's so gross. That's so unbelievable. That mean I'm actually mad. I'm surprised. Has there been a Papa John's challenge that came out of someone do, like documenting that and doing that? I I would I would guess so, but I mean th- that guy's so di- I mean he's he's disgusting on many levels, yes. but uh, forty pizzas in thirty <laughs> days. I I literally I, I I know that we always say like I screamed or whatever whenever you read something. <laughs> I actually screamed whenever I was watching that interview and he made that comment. I immediately just had to text my buddies and be like, what what did I just hear that correctly? Is that real? Yeah. That that guy, by the way, that guy is never not hungover. Every time I yeah, see that yeah. guy, he is he has the meanest hangover. <laughs> anyway, what, what what was the question? <laughs> it was how much, how many slices of pizza could you eat, and how does that compare to when you were a teenager? Oh, okay, okay. So look, there's a difference between how many. Okay, there's a difference between how many I should eat, how much I want to eat, how much I do eat, and how much I yeah. could eat. Right. There's there's so many different levels to this because I could realistically sit down if I hadn't eaten much that day, I could sit down and eat an entire pizza right. or 40 pizzas in 30. <laughs> yeah. Like I, it's not the most difficult thing in the world to eat an entire pizza. <clears throat> OK, um, well, I mean, I'd have to be really hungry, but correct. When yeah. I, well, yeah, when I was 18, I could eat an entire pizza without even really being super hungry. Yeah. Oh, I, when, I, when I was in college, we, I mean, you know how like, so on, on Pitt's campus, they had a, a place called Antunes. So hail to Pitt and to all you, all you Pitt grads out there. Uh, and you guys know Antunes, $5 pizzas. You go there hammered drunk and you get this pizza and it's like a, you know, the, you know, like the typical $5 pizzas where they're like, they're the, they're the same size pie, but they're really thin and like not, there's yeah. not much substance to it. You could, you could get one of those on your way back from the bar and just kill that entire pizza before going to bed. Wow. And just drunk eat the crap out of that pizza. <laughs> That's quite the sentence. <laughs> <laughs> That's, drunk eat well, the I was crap. I was filtering myself too for the kits, but Yeah, you were. Uh, you were. but yeah, you could you could do that with that particular pizza. Now there's other pizzas that are thicker and have, you know, like a, if you go like Chicago style or something, that's going to be more difficult to eat to eat an entire pizza. Oh God! Well, I mean, Chicago style is just lasagna. Isn't it? <laughs> Basically, I mean, that, I thought that that's. Um, <laughs> oh God! Oh dear you, God! You, what, you have just what have we done? What have you done? I'm not. I'm not a part of this. What have we done, JJ? I'm what have not we a part done? of this. Chicago Pizza Twitter is going to destroy <laughs> me. They're going to ruin me. Hey guys, he's at CD Carter thirteen. Do not at me at Denny. I can't believe JJ agrees with my take on Chicago pizza. Uh, I like Chicago pizza though. I think Chicago pizza is good. Next question. Yeah. At N Dutton 13 best Christmas present you ever received as a child. I still think back to my castle gray skull with great admiration. Uh, okay. I have one. I was maybe six years old and I got goalie pads 
like uh i think i have i talked yeah. about this before have we talked about maybe this uh i got goalie pads like hockey goalie mm-hmm. pads my brother is six and a half seven years older than me and so i got him when i was like six and he's you know a teenager and we went into our garage after i got them and he was just taking slap shots at me i'm like the least <laughs> i'm like the least puck shy person imaginable because i used to just take slap shots from my brother when i was like five right uh and there's a video, a home video of me where he would, he would, uh, take a shot and I'd like block it and fall over, but I didn't know how to get back up. <laughs> so, <laughs> so you're like that kid from, from a Christmas story yeah, or whatever. It exactly. Is. I'm just flailing around on the ground trying to get up. Uh, but that was a, that was a fun Christmas gift that I remember. Dolphin starter jacket mm. was mine. I've never been more excited to get a gift than the, cause I, cause I had wanted it for so long because do you remember how how cool kids were who had starter jackets yeah i had a, i had a penguin starter jacket yeah and so i didn't have a starter jacket and i desperately wanted one everybody at school had one of course they were all washington football team uh starter jackets but i wanted a dolphins one they got my parents got me one for my for christmas so i show up after christmas break i show up at my school and this kid comes up to me first thing i enter the school first thing he goes denny that he goes, that coat is tight. <laughs> and I look down at it. And I go, oh, it actually, it actually fits pretty well. <laughs> I swear. I swear. That was my reaction. <laughs> oh my God. Oh man. Oh, uh, yeah. yeah. I feel like, and, and do you remember in the nineties when everyone wanted Hornets stuff? Oh, I, I, I had, I had a Hornets jacket and a Hornets hat. Yeah. I had a, I had Hornets stuff too. And now I live in Charlotte and no one wants Hornets stuff. That's funny. Yeah, the Hornets were such a cool team to like. Oh yeah, they had they had awesome players and, and fun players, and they were fun in like NBA Jam. Oh, they were because they had Muggsy Bogues, Larry Johnson, Alonzo Mourning. Yes, yes, it was awesome. Um, but yeah, I, I I had a starter jacket too. Uh, next question, I laughed out loud at this one at James understand underscore Arshid nine. Have you got any? <laughs> Have you got any ideas on how to give Derrick Henry food poisoning so he doesn't score 600 on me this week? <laughs> uh, we can't we I mean, can't I, say anything about I, that because we'll be uh, liable. I would say feed him 40 pizzas in 30 days. That's, <laughs> yeah, that's probably a good idea. Derrick Henry, Derrick Henry could destroy 40 pizzas in 30 days. He really is like the most mammoth dude. He is. He it's insane. And it looks like he's wearing like like eight different pairs of shoulder pads, but it's just his body. I don't like, I don't even understand when people try to tackle him up high. I'm like, why, why, why are you trying that? Well, you when people try to tackle him period, I'm like, why? Yeah, right. But I mean, when they, when the cornerback or safety or something tries to like, like wrangle him down by his shoulders or his head, I'm like, you can't, this is not going to work. You've seen this not work. Right. Right. Uh, next question at Buttersworthy 69. Guilty pleasure TV show. I mean, it depends on what you think is a bad show, I guess. I mean, Denny, uh, you know what objectively a guilty pleasure TV show would be. Uh, guilty pleasure. See, you TV? don't watch bad television like I do. Well, wait. Now, wait a second. Now, I mean, there are there are a lot of people who would say The Office is bad TV. No, no, The Office is like. Uh, what are you talking about? The everyone loves The Office. The, the 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 guy who runs the Kenny Darter account told me that The Office is the worst show on television. Well, he ever. needs to delete that account and and he, delete television. 
he said he said it is it is gruel. That's not that's it's ridiculous. So a, a real guilty pleasure television show is me watching The Bachelor. Okay. Okay, and another guilty pleasure I I so okay. Do you remember the challenge on MTV? I do. So I used to watch it growing up and like into well not really growing it was road rules and stuff when I was growing up but then like into high school and stuff I would watch when the challenge first came out and all that kind of stuff and then I got away from it and in my adult life I got back into it. Yeah. I've watched the challenge. Is it wait, is it from the 90s or No, like it's still on. Then the same people that was some of the same people that were on 15 years ago are still competing on that freaking show. It's like they've been trapped in this Truman Show bubble their whole life. <laughs> it's insane. Love the Truman Show. No, it's a great movie. But like it's insane that these people are still on this show. Like CT. Remember CT from Real World? Uh barely. No, maybe not. But people people listening to this one, he's still on this freaking show. He's got like complete dad bod now. It's it's the most it's it's just crazy to me. But it's a it's a guilty pleasure of mine because I got back into it and I love watching train wrecks on television. Um, not literal train wrecks, but just that's right. People, yeah, train. people. Train. Uh, so, okay. My answer would be not anything current, but I own every episode of the Friday, the 13th TV show that what? aired on CBS in the late eighties and early nineties. Uh, it had, I believe three seasons. Uh, it's basically Mulder and Scully X-Files type stuff, but really low budget. And the writing is off the charts. Terrible. So that is my guilty pleasure. But but I encourage you to watch it. Friday the 13th TV show. You love anything Friday the 13th. That's the, that's the yes. least surprising guilty pleasure I, I've heard. I do, but JJ, listen to this. There is no relation to the movies. What? The, there's no connection. All they did was they used the name to market the show. It doesn't have anything to do with Jason Voorhees or Camp Wait, Away. what? I, I swear, I thought it did. I thought it did back when I bought these DVDs maybe 10 years ago, 11 years ago. And I thought, okay, this would be cool. Like it'll maybe have like a backstory or something of, of the movies that I like. Right. Yeah. No connection. That's, that's fascinating. They just sold the yeah. brand. How do you feel about that? Uh, you know, I, I, uh, I don't think that slasher franchises can stay pure for very long. So, so it's okay. They got they got to keep making money somehow. So I'm 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 okay with it. But holy cow, it it gets uh it gets quite bad. They basically have the same plot every single week, uh, and uh, the '80s hair and like jean shorts are off the charts. Man, all right, Denny, that's gonna do it for today's show. Why don't you let everyone know where they can find you? Yeah, uh, at CD Carter thirteen. Chicago pizza people, please have mercy on my soul. Uh, also, our stuff on Patreon has been posted. The streamers were posted this morning. My kicker column has been posted. I'm on Twitter at late round QB. Uh, you can also subscribe not only to this podcast, but my other podcast, which is called the late round podcast, which I publish four times a week, only for two more weeks though. And then I go back to, to two times a week. Denny, we have a tilt montage this week. We do. Please enjoy. Thanks for listening, guys. We'll catch you in week 16. It's 1.55 p.m. in the only legitimate time zone on planet Earth. And uh, upon hearing the red zone man, Scott Hansen, say Mike Evans has been declared out with a hamstring injury. I guess he suffered the injury on his long 
touchdown reception. My wife heard that and said, adjust the ranks. And I would have laughed really hard if Mike Evans being out doesn't just just ruin my day for DFS. <laughs> I mean, it was a really good attempt. I feel like I feel like she's she's she was on to something. It's the right right concept, wrong player. And if if she if she knew me at all, she would know that I always have way too much exposure to Mike Evans. Um. So it's uh, it's questionable as to why she didn't know that. But, uh, yes, Mike Evans is out. I'm sure he will miss next week, which is the week I really need him in redraft leagues where I have him everywhere. It's a, a total debacle for me on a personal level. But, yes, the, the ranks must be adjusted. I'm tilting. 158 Eastern time, and I just saw the, the Broncos have 21 points against Houston in the first quarter? Maybe this early second quarter? What is, what is going, what's happening? It's, this is it. I'm, I'd like to an issue, issue an apology to all the streamers who picked up Houston excitedly off the waiver wire this week to stream them against rookie QB Drew Locke and a, an otherwise terrible Broncos offense that now looks like a juggernaut. Apparent, I I don't understand. I don't. Tw- Twenty one points. Wow. Well, I'd say the process, but I I guess the process was, I guess the process was to think that Drew Locke is not good, and apparently Drew Locke's the best quarterback in the league. You know who knew? Your favorite mediocre podcast. Certainly did not know. I can speak for JJ when I say we are tilting. Uh, 2.48 p.m. Eastern Time Zone, and uh, the backup tight end for Baltimore, Hayden Hurst, I believe his name is, just caught a long touchdown from our new god, Lamar Jackson. And this is especially painful for your second favorite co-host of Living the Stream because, see, I had a lot of Mark Andrews today in my lineups. And Mark Andrews is apparently injured. And so Hayden Hurst has gone and taken all of the points that belong to Mark Andrews. Those belong to Mark. (gasps) Damn it. Belong to Mark. Not you, Hayden. Monster. Tilting. Very happy to see Chase McLaughlin, who replaced Robbie Gould for a few weeks in San Francisco. He's now replacing another 69-year-old kicker, Adam Vinatieri, in Indianapolis. The Colts, of course, are playing the Bucks this week. I touted Matt Gay all week because the Bucks were pretty decent home favorites against you know, a not-so-great Colts defense, and Colts are giving up a lot of field goal attempts, whatever. You, you, you know the drill. So Matt Gay was the process play, kids are saying, and the boomers agree. And then, and then Chase McLaughlin comes out here and totally eviscerates the process. 
Colts un- road underdogs. McLaughlin, I think, had to you know ride a horse to the to the Buck Stadium. Don't ask me why he he didn't have a car. You know, kickers don't make that much money, so maybe he could only afford a horse. And he gets there, and they get they throw him a jersey, puts it on, and he goes out, and he's going to be a top fantasy kicker this week. I'm tilting. 3.29 p.m., and Deshaun Watson just dove into the end zone for a rushing touchdown. Pretty miraculous play. It's a blowout. Denver is up 38 now, 38-16. Uh... But we're we're well into garbage time, and who knows? I mean, you know, Watson and, and DeAndre Hopkins, maybe a couple other guys, are going to score a shitload of points in, in garbage time uh, for the Texans. And you can guarantee that my Twitter timeline is going to light up with people saying garbage time is terrible. Garbage time is bad for fantasy. I hate garbage time. It's not legit. Fuck garbage time. Sorry to the kids. Apologies to the kids. But seriously, that, that's that's what happens every time with that real garbage time kicks in with, with good players, you know, with with really fantasy-relevant, highly rostered players. So you're going to see that. And I, I think that this just further shows that there are largely two schools of people who play fantasy football, and that one is... One school is people who want fantasy football to perfectly reflect real football in every way. And I, I suppose the argument would be the production that happens in garbage time when a team completely you know, abandons the run, abandons any semblance of a balanced offense. I guess that this, this is not real football to, to these folks. Like this doesn't, this doesn't count as like real, real football. Hashtag real football. And then, and then there's the other school of thought that says, hey, this, this is part of fantasy football. Like, this is, we play not to uh, perfectly predict what will happen in a real football sense, but what might, what might happen in a fantasy football sense. It's a game within a game. I sound like Herm Edwards right now. It's a game within a game. We play to it, you, you know the whole thing. But I mean, I I love garbage time. I love it. I love it. You know what else I love? I love playing DraftKings. Uh, and this is not a plug for DraftKings. I've I've never been been able to uh, convince DraftKings to pay me anything. Unfortunately, still working on that. But uh, I love playing the in-game showdown. So for those unfamiliar, for those who have not uh, plummeted to that level of degeneracy. Uh, what you do is you you enter a contest on DraftKings for the second half only of of a game. So like the second half of the Saints Niners game, and you can put a few entries in there, and you can you can take advantage of garbage time there. So like if if you have a game like Denver Houston that's super lopsided at halftime, you know you plug in the the players on the team that has to score a lot of points, that has to push the pace. Maybe you throw in the kicker for the other team or somebody, or the, or the lead, the primary running back. Anyway, I love that. I love garbage time. I'm an apologist for garbage time, and I always will be. Long live garbage time. I'm tilting. Thank you for listening to me.
living the stream. We hope you enjoyed the internet podcast. Don't forget to subscribe on iTunes now. It won't take long, it's fast. For more fantasy football info, check out LakeGroundQB.com. Hope you come back soon as we share about the team.